0: Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is Deacon John and Joe, and we need a new intro. Um, I know.
1: I've done that now 50 times, (laughs) and every time you give the energetic, hey! No, that's not true. I was just doing that sarcastically almost, because this is the worst time ever for us to podcast
0: did you know that in the afternoon right now it is uh, early afternoon mm-hmm. and um more civilized cultures they all go to sleep at this time which every makes day. so much sense to me i mean because
1: well, every you know, afternoon i want to go to sleep
0: i don't know a lot about biology but i know this that the body goes into a sleep cycle in the early afternoon i went to a talk on this back in college and it was really? pretty legit and that was back science as far you know uh far surpassed itself where it was 10 years ago but uh they, uh, they talked about very specifically showing how the body goes into a, a sleep cycle
1: like it does at night, except a little mini one in the afternoon. I totally already knew that because I experience that every day.
0: And what are we doing? We're pounding black, well, a little cream in it, liquid that we call coffee, into our bodies to stimulate us into more activity. Here we go. Here we go. We're,
1: act, we're, act, we're I don't know, what was I going to say? We're activizing? We're activizing. We're activating
0: activating
1: activating hmm. activating that's what we're doing
0: so i got a, a a shout out to a guy whose name i think is dave <laughs> that's uh, not very much of a shout out well hold on i just met him yesterday at light if of the world if your name's dave this is for you <laughs> hold on man i just met him yesterday at light of the world catholic church in littleton and uh he's the uh kind of the grounds guy and i guess the whole grounds crew down there they listen to the podcast and they said yeah we love it Especially the ones we understand, uh, which uh, – so we're picking up on a theme here. We're hearing that more and more. I somehow you enjoy these, but you don't understand them, but you keep listening. That's great. We like that. So we're going to try and uh, do our best to get it to an understandable level. Yeah. But then we got really smart people uh, listening as well, and uh, they're correcting all of our errors. So – the uh that's just for Dave. I think his name is Dave, and if it's not Dave, I'm sorry about that. Jeff, Bob, Steve, <laughs> Phil, whatever you are, <laughs> whoever you are,
1: if you don't understand this,
0: you know who you are. The uh but it was nice to meet you yesterday. So that's that. Ready to get to arguably uh, one of the strangest titles titled podcast we've ever had. Let's do it, man. Nimrod, the from the man from the plains of Shinar, Shinar, which you just clicked on, so you know that you're here. Now, Joe, in the uh,
1: late '80s. As a child, were you ever called a Nimrod? Um I probably that I was that was I a was called, common nickname. I was called Fatso actually. Were you a did fat ever, kid? Did I ever tell you that? Yeah, quick story. My uh my I don't know, maybe the first six or seven years of my life, I had a little bit of baby fat right around this area. <laughs> and uh for seven years. And it was my nickname, like in my family. Well, I shouldn't say this, he's gonna get mad at me, but my brother Paul of course. who of course I love used to call me Fatso all the time. And it was like, it wasn't like an insulting name. It was almost, it became like a endearing. affectionate, endearing, endearing nickname. So Kind of like my little sister Anna uh, goes by Stinks in Maria's presence. Yeah. Maria calls her Stinks because yeah. she used to smell bad when she was baby. I'm and sure I used to be fat, so I was fat. So, but one day I just got really upset and I was like, you know, threw a little tantrum and he got in trouble calling me fat. I was so. going to say, I'm sure that your counselor
0: 20 years from now will think less of... Uh Paul, I'm knowing sure. this, the, your little strange child development, though it does answer a lot of questions. So. It does, but not a Nimrod, no. Not a Nimrod, no. So, anyways, I was called a Nimrod. I don't remember when or who, but I just remember that as kind of a common. I don't know if that came out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or what. It's probably your brother, Steve. Probably Steve, my younger brother, who never listens to the podcast, so we can say whatever we want about <laughs> him. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> right. because he's ADD. That's why. Um, so. Uh, Nimrod is a name that first appears in chapter 10 of Genesis. This is in the Bible. This is in the Bible. He's a guy. Nimrod's in the Bible. It's interesting to know Nimrod, so we got 80s cut downs in the Bible. Paul drops uh, serious profanity. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, no. You didn't know that? No. What does he say? We should do a podcast on that because a certain podcast... Voice said the word "damn" last week. I think, <laughs> and uh, there's probably going to be some complaints about that. But I just want to point out that Paul, I'm not, I'm not proposing the use of uh, profanity, but Paul definitely does. He says, does. "By no means." Is that what uh, you mean? we'll do a podcast
1: on? That Is that, that the
0: one we one? want to keep him listening? Joe, give oh, him a little, bait right. him a little bit. So we'll, you can tell we'll, me afterwards. Yeah, that'll be uh, uh, an adults-only podcast, I guess, when we do that <laughs> one. Um, okay, so Nimrod, a little less offensive, but uh, this appears in chapter 10, verse 8. And uh, so what's what's happening in the first if you start reading the Bible in Genesis, you're going to get to these long genealogies and then you're probably going to stop reading the Bible. Because uh, it's really, they're just like, oh, my gosh, who are all these people? Now, Nimrod caught my eye one day because I was like, what a weird name that is. So it's good. Just even when you're reading the Bible, like, be a human being when you read the Bible. I guess that's a first recommendation. Like, if something strikes you as funny or awkward, it might actually be God speaking to you because you're still a human being. You're not just this spiritual angel thing that's, whenever you pick up the Bible, everything just is so profound and so amazing. So I just... Yeah, yeah, that's that's good advice. Tangent. uh, But nonetheless, so I saw Nimrod's name, and uh it, here it is so it says blah blah blah, these are the uh descendants of Noah. uh I can't even pronounce most of these names. Then you get to the sons of Ham, okay, so Ham was one of the three sons of Noah. This is a recap from like uh Genesis four five, six somewhere in there before ten the uh Ham is the middle child, of course. All of the destruction that happens in the Bible and in all of history is from middle children, mind you. (laughs) I'm the oldest of three. Steve's not listening, so... My brother, my middle child brother is not listening, but I just want to note that, again, Ham, thank you for screwing it up. Japheth, the youngest, probably spoiled by Noah. And then Shem, the oldest, the one, the the virtuous, wise, 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 podcaster, prudent, probably had a podcast, everything. (laughs) Most likely in seminary. The middle child, Ham. Probably didn't listen to Shem's podcast. That's probably why it started bad. So That's right. uh, Ham is going to be problematic. He's going to be uh, a real problem. We're going to get to that in a second, what exactly he does that is problematic, just in case you need a little refresher on that, which we all do. But nevertheless, we come down and we hear some of the descendants of Ham. Some of these will sound familiar to you. Cush, that one's not familiar, but this one is. Egypt. Oh, uh, Egypt. Put. And Canaan. Canaan. Okay, so the land of Cana is going to be where they're going to come into eventually. And that's going to tie into this, if I'm able to
1: pull all this together. These are and all the descendants of Ham. These are
0: the descendants of Ham. And then you got other ones, um, Ramaha and Sheba and Dedan. And then here we go. Cush became the father of Nimrod. Nimrod. Now, when you're reading these long, boring genealogies, whenever they say something else, like like he had a podcast, he was a great guy, he was called Fatso as a child, whatever it is, You want to stop and be like, oh, that's significant because they gotta get through a lot of names and they're they're you know, when they place something in there, it's gonna be really important.
1: They're stopping
0: the lineage to make a point about this person. Exactly, and they make a point about Nimrod. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. Ooh. Mighty man. A mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. I love scripture when it does that, it's like uh okay that you just like you would have got an F in English class with Mrs. Vlasheen my freshman English teacher who was kind of a psycho but she would have definitely failed him <laughs> who also right. probably doesn't live the, listen to the podcast hopefully she doesn't hopefully not uh gosh that'd be bad the, uh, uh he was a mighty hunter before the Lord therefore it is said like Nimrod a mighty hunter before the Lord so that's all that we know about Nimrod except this next thing the beginning of his kingdom was Babel Babel this is very very important. All of them in the land of Shinar, Shinar, Babel, Shinar, Nimrod, Babel, Nimrod, Cush, Ham. It all goes back to Ham, but Ham's descendant, Nimrod, is what we would call in the '80s as well a stud muffin, right? Mighty man. He's a mighty man. He is a mighty man before the Lord, but he's not before the Lord because he goes off to the land of Shinar, which is the plains. Okay, so you got like, so essentially, here's what happens: Noah land they the you know the flood the ark they get off Ham Shem Japheth the the world is divided in, into the three so to speak Shem being the oldest being the coolest having a podcast he gets the first cut which r- would be right around and this is a lot of this is taken from Scott Hahn's book a promise a father keeps his promises um, it's the land around what we call Israel now the modern state of Israel so it's the land along the Mediterranean So, it's like this is the really plush line. And then you got ham is kind of outside of that. And then Japheth is just out there, whatever. Doesn't he call ham deviled ham in that book? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Scott Hahn, (laughs) God bless him. Hopefully he doesn't listen to the podcast. But your puns kill us, man. You got to stop with the puns. But you know what? I remember that ham's the bad one because of that. You know, I know. And I remember deviled ham, and I wasn't going to say it, but deviled (laughs) ham. So, what deviled ham essentially does is to claim uh, the birthright and the blessing, which go to, which is the physical. The birthright is the physical blessing, or the physical uh, inheritance of the father, Noah, and the blessing is the spiritual inheritance of the father. Uh, Ham wants that, so what does he do? So um, the the scriptures tell us, and this is a Hebrew idiom
1: um, that says he uncovers the nakedness. Thank
0: you. I just forgot. it. Yeah.
1: This is a, wait. Pause real quick because this is really good because I got an email, super long email from somebody. Uh, and their main question was, what's, what did Ham do wrong? What's, what's the deal with that? So you're actually responding to a listener okay. question. So, this is so good. essentially
0: what Ham did was committed incest with his mother. Uncovering the nakedness of your father was a Hebrew idiom, which means it doesn't translate into English. And um, essentially what it means is it's an incestuous act. So he sleeps with his mom. Now, why would he do that? Because that makes him equivalent to the father. That, that's
1: the only way he can trump Shem. So this is right after the flood. We see this in um, David's son Absalom does the same thing, right? Yep. He sleeps with his father's concubines, and and I don't know if it's wise. Maybe just the concubines, like out in public. So it's like usurping his father's exactly. power. It's
0: a power. It's a power thing. And uh, I'm, I'm looking here. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to find it, but there's a reference to uh, several other places where the idiom is used, which makes it more clear. Because you could be like, how would you know that? Well, it's there's the way that it's used when you study it. In all its uses in the Old Testament, you're able to kind of craft together an understanding of this is what this meaning actually is. Yeah,
1: when I uh, researched that question from the email, uh, I think it's in Exodus at some point, but it refers to, it says, uncovering the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. Exactly. Um, So kind of draws that connection. So the scriptures say Ham uncovers the nakedness of his father, right? Yes,
0: yes, which means that he commits this uh, incestuous act with his mother. And claims the birthright for herself and then is banished, essentially. But what happens is this is kind of a power move. You know, Noah is, is in decline. Shem kind of gets ousted, so to speak. Man, we have, there's so much to talk about here. I don't know how we're going to pull this together. But the, uh, um, so Ham kind of takes control of the area and he kind of becomes, he, he kind of ascends to power, so to speak, even though the covenant line is not with him. So the covenant line is going to continue. Um, from the flood through Shem and through Shem's through Shem's um, descendants. But the the main power in the world is going to start to explode out of the line of Ham. And the main kind of powerful force is going to be this really talented, awesome dude named
1: Nimrod. Nimrod.
0: And Nimrod is going to go out to the plains of Shinar, which are, um, well, they would have been east of what is now the Holy Land, okay, modern-day Iraq. And he's going to build a city. And he's going to name the city... Babel. 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 Okay, now let's talk about Babel for a second. What does Babel mean, Joe? Uh, something about speaking. Speaking. Yeah, it means confusion. Confusion. Babel is the Hebrew word confusion. So it's given that word because of the Tower of
1: Babel. Babel.
0: Now, why did that? We've heard this story and you're like, oh, your your Catholic school brain just clicked in. You're like, oh, Tower of Babel. Yeah, I know that's somewhere in the Bible. <laughs> it's right here. It's actually in Genesis chapter 11 just one, chap- one chapter after the genealogy that it introduced this guy Nimrod. So Nimrod builds this city. It gets named Babel because at that place, what they're trying to do is something very, very important. They're trying to do something very specific. They build this tower to the Lord. Now, why would you build a tower? You've just come out of a flood. It's like, this will keep us above the water. And it's just kind of a simple Maybe. thing. Maybe. When you betray the covenant, you destroy the world. So you think, let's build this really sweet tower. And um, we'll be able to kind of get above the water. I don't know if that's what they were thinking, but whatever. We'll pretend like that's what it is. But the, <laughs> the, what they are thinking is told to us. Uh, now, listen to this. Now, the whole world had one language and few words. And as men migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And then it says, okay, they take bricks, they build bricks, they do all this stuff with stone. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. Boom! Hmm. That's very important. You're acting so surprised. I'm, you either don't know this, or you're. No, really I've heard this before. Me. I'm just thinking. That's okay, something. so they want to build a name for themselves. So we we hear that phrase a lot in English, like you know, it'd be great, you know, make a name for yourself, Joe, right? You know, that kind of thing. Well, that's where this comes from. Genesis chapter eleven. The name, the word name in Hebrew. Shem? Shem. Make a Shem. We're trying to make a Shem for ourselves. We're trying to make a covenant. Wait, Shem's the guy with the podcast. Shem's the guy with the podcast. Shem is the older brother who had the covenant line, who still has the covenant line. And even though they pull this sick power move on their mother and they build this, this huge kingdom and this huge tower, they're trying to make a Shem for themselves. They're trying to make a name for themselves. So really what's happening is that they're, they're trying to usurp the covenant from God and they're trying to build it themselves. So what happens at the Tower of Babel is that they're scattered. God intervenes to just kind of disseminate the power that's being built. And they go all over. They go to Egypt. They build Canaan. But it becomes Babel, the, the Tower of Babel, the city of Babel. Confusion becomes known to us as Babylon. Hmm. Babylon. 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 Babylon is going to be the area where Abraham is going to come out of. Because remember, Shem gets kind of sent into exile. His, his descendants go all over. Then Abraham gets called from the Ur of the Chaldeans in Genesis chapter 12 out back to the land of Cana, back to the original land that Shem was given, that Ham took, kicked him out, tries to build a Shem for himself. And um, so what happens is that uh, the whole struggle of the Israel people is to recover the land that Shem has Hmm. from the Egyptians, Canaanites, Babylonians, all descendants of Nimrod and of Ham. That is wild. And all the way through the scriptures, all the way to the last book, Revelation. We have the battle between God's chosen people, the holy city of Jerusalem, and the people who have rejected
1: God, a.k.a. Babylon. Babylon. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Yeah, that, I... You just made a lot of sense for me of those few chapters. Yeah, there you go. That's really cool. And isn't isn't there like some sort of rabbinical tradition or something that Melchizedek, who blesses Abraham, is actually Shem? Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. So what you have. Um, several chapters later is you
0: have Abraham coming back in and he leads an army in and he encounters this man named Melchizedek, which is the Hebrew word for king of righteousness. Right. Mel- it's a title. Yeah, it's a title. So it's not his name. But yeah, the, the rabbis understood that Shem was Melchizedek because the way the timing works is that this would have been an ancient man. This would have been an old, old man. Uh, who would have been kind of wandering in exile through the desert. But why would Abraham, the father of faith, the head, the guy who gets established the covenant, why would he all of a sudden bow down and offer a tithe to this priest, Melchizedek? Shem.
1: That's what the rabbis thought. Interesting. You can think what you want. I have a question. So what's the deal with Nimrod? Why was he a mighty man? Like, what does that even mean? I don't know. If I would have had time, usually these podcasts are just off
0: the cuff. If I would have had time, I would have researched what was the Hebrew word for mighty. So stay tuned. Maybe the next
1: time. And what else? Do you, do you know why? So what's the deal with the 80s? Like, why did that become a thing in the 80s? I that's what I, want to, that's no what I really idea. want to know. I
0: hope somebody emails us and tells us how Nimrod became a popular name
1: in the 80s. We could probably Wikipedia it and find out. It probably was someone who was reading the Bible and they were like, Nimrod, <laughs> that's a funny name. I'm going to start what using loser. that a <laughs> <laughs> Nimrod was a loser. They probably knew he was a descendant of Ham. That's right. And he a, middle, a middle child. A middle child. Here we go. Steve Neppel. Steve Neppel. Steve Neppel. That's it. That's great, man. I, you just taught me like all sorts of stuff. And I Thank think I've you. read that book too. Yeah. It's a good book. I recommend it to everybody. Scott Hahn, Father Keeps His Promises. Well, I you're looking at me like I should have an email. Yep. But I forgot to grab one before we began. So that's okay.
0: That's my fault. But keep emailing us.
1: Yeah. Don't stop because we do read them and usually we respond. Yeah. So We're getting better. We Catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com. You can also
0: ask us questions on Facebook. And uh, just another thanks for the donations. We're talking into these really sweet microphones now and uh, we're really grateful for that. That's true. See you next week.